Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. They need to have the capacity to make this request, meaning that they understand what's wrong with them, what their treatment options are, including palliative care and the outcomes of those treatments and the outcome of an assisted death being irreversible death. And they need to have what the law calls a grievous and irremediable condition. Dr. Stephanie Green uh, on this program, she is uh, very much involved with the issue of medical assistance in dying and uh, is a professor at the University of uh, British Columbia. And we'll have her back on this program. I received an email from my next guest a few weeks ago and um, thought about doing the interview and uh, decided I would at least to ask him how he felt about it a couple of weeks after he sent it. Sometimes people send me emails that are very personal to them, and then a few weeks later, they're not sure they want to do the interview. And I always respect that position. You have a right to change your mind. You feel very strongly about something that affects you directly, and then later on, you think, well, maybe I prefer not to. But Martin decided that he wants to talk about this, and this is medical assistance in dying. And uh, Martin wrote that his wife uh, passed away in September of last year uh, by medical assistance in dying. How are you, Martin? Hey, Roy. How are you? I'm fine. I, uh, I, my, my condolences on your, on your loss, your uh, great loss. Thank you. Thank you. I'm still standing. Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about your wife's condition? What are you comfortable telling us about, about your wife's condition, which made her think, and you, I'm sure you traveled this road together, uh, what made you think of uh, of MAID? Well, 1993, she was uh, diagnosed with uh, having the gene of Huntington's. So uh, she was uh, given a blood test at the time, and uh, she did really well up until about four years ago. She started to show some signs. And I would say about seven months before September, she really, really took a, a down downhill fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had rapid cognitive impairment, and uh, she was in the hospital many, many times. So it wasn't until she finally went back in the hospital August, she met the most amazing social workers. And, uh, you know, they sat her down and um, basically just asked her, like, Holly, what exactly do you want? And uh, this is what she wanted. Her and I had never really discussed it because she was worried about me. So when the social worker took me to the chapel in the hospital and said, look, at uh, you know, this is Holly's wishes. How do you feel? Well, my world was crumbling beneath me. But I said I would definitely support her. And uh, so we did. And, uh, you know, the social workers through the doctors and the wonderful hospital um, made it very quick for her. Uh, You know, they really expedited things. Mm -hmm. And this was what Holly wanted. She wanted to go on her terms with her dignity intact. Yeah, I just looked at, uh, Martin, I actually didn't even look at the definition of Huntington's until just now. I thought I knew mm -hmm. what it was. I'm pretty close. Huntington's disease is a rare inherited disease that causes the progressive breakdown, degeneration of nerve cells in the brain, has a wide impact on a person's functional abilities and usually results in movement, thinking, cognitive, as you said, disorders. 
And she watched her mother die, her uh, brother, yeah. uh, her niece. Her niece is a juvenile. Uh, she has juvenile uh, Huntington's. Right. So Holly knew the road, and uh, she was also told that she could never return home. So Boy, that would be she tough. She didn't want. It was very tough, very tough. But she also knew that she did not want to go to a nursing home. That was the next step, and she didn't want to put me through that. She always put me and everyone else in the foreground. You know, it was it was it was wonderful. You know, I hear that so frequently mm-hmm. when I talk either privately or on the air with people who have had a very serious health incident in their lives, whether it's them or whether it's a family member or a friend, um, they always say the same thing. The person who's suffering is the person who's the most generous with their emotions. Well, uh, I couldn't, uh, you know, I, I fed off of her bravery and her courage and her strength, you know, right to the last detail, a couple of days we were sitting in the courtyard of this hospital and, uh, she said, you know, Martin, uh, we should take some selfies. You know, we're not in that many pictures together. So we took selfies. And the morning of uh, her passing, uh, we danced to two dances, her favorite two dances before the doctor came in. So we had, you know, the, the two words that uh, I can always say that at least we had a great time and she went out on her terms. And she was at peace, Roy. Very, very happy and at peace. Yeah, you, you told me about that, and you told me about how yeah. close you, you both were. When oh. when Maid entered the discussion, and you know there are people listening to this program across the country mm-hmm. right now. Yep. And from far afield, people listen uh, online. Uh, now, you, you know, you're not restricted where you listen to a radio program anymore. We have listeners in Sao Paulo, Brazil. We have a listener in, in Seoul, South Korea, who, get, who sends emails and lets us know what he thought of what we aired. Um, so when the, um, when the discussion, when the issue first is raised Mm -hmm. about medical assistance in dying, yes, did you have a sense right away that this was something that you supported or was there an immediate emotional, first emotional pushback? Because I would think with many people it would be pushback. No, there was no pushback, Roy. I, I, uh. I was full on board with it because uh, this is something that Holly and I had not discussed, but I knew she had looked it up. Okay. And I knew, you know, this is what she wanted. She did not want, she knew how how bad she was getting, and she had a very small window of opportunity here because you know that she has to make the decision. That's right. So this is what she wanted. She was in a beautiful, beautiful hospital with beautiful staff. Everybody loved her. So, you know, in her own mind, she had a lot of support as well as I never left her side. So given all those, um, I had no pushback on it at all. Would I have loved her to be around here for another 30 years? Yes. But I had lost her a long time ago, Roy. I went through so many series of grief, losing her. And then, you know, when the social worker told me, now, Martin, you know, we've made a decision. We're moving forward. Now you're going to start your grief. So... I've been through so many series of grief, but I knew that this is what Holly wanted, and this was her choice, and I stood behind her, like I would with anybody else if they asked me for my advice. So remind me again and tell us again how, and you said they're beautiful people, mm-hmm. how, how were you treated by the staff at the hospital? Well, 
Polly was treated like a, uh, a princess and a queen. So was I. Every time I entered the wing that she was in, uh, they just met me and they knew what we were going through. And uh, Holly couldn't ask for anything that they supplied. And I still am in con- communication with the social worker. I just went down and met her at the hospital uh, last week. Mm. I spoke to the doctor. He called me the other day to see how I am. I mean, how can you ask for better support than that? Yeah. And uh, this was all new to them as well. So after Holly had passed, they'd had uh, quite a debriefing at the hospital because they wanted to make sure their staff was because they were so attached to Holly as well. So, you know, I mean, Roy, from start to finish, if I can use those words, she was treated with the utmost respect. And she was at peace and, what, and she was at rest with the decision. Yes. yes. Martin, she even uh, picked out her own clothes, you know. So. Well, how, how do people treat you when they become aware of your story? Um, wonderfully. I have the wonderful support of uh, my family. I have friends where I live that are absolutely wonderful with me. I think I've only come across one that did not agree with it, but uh, I believe that person didn't quite understand it. And unless you're in this situation or ever given this opportunity, or, you know, you're in in my shoes, let's say, you don't understand it because it's not an easy way out. And it's not, you're not giving up. But, you know, she couldn't go on any further. We had exhausted everything with this disease. And she knew she was failing quickly. And she didn't like that. And she couldn't deal with feeling like that anymore. She was a very proud woman. And you have to be in complete control of your faculties at the time because you have to be able to sign for yourself. And they have to be convinced. The the, the medical personnel have to be convinced of the fact that you are capable of understanding what you've decided to do. Well, she had to sign. She had to be assessed by a psychologist. And two separate doctors that didn't even know each other. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.